Say my name, say my name. Ooh, that was timely. I was not, like, Cisco did not tell me he was going to do that <laughs> as the intro. And I think that just makes it for a much better introduction, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yes. So welcome to the Horror Throwdown Podcast, Frasier Edition. This is where we take a Brandon Frazier movie and release and pair it up with a horror movie that was released within the same year and see if Brandon's character would survive the events of that horror film. I am Joseph Kincaid, and with me is my fellow, uh, what should I call you, a little beehive, you know? Yeah, little honey, honey boy, honeycomb boy. Hello, my little honey boy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my glorious co-host is going to Honey tomorrow. man, actually. Honey man, okay. Yeah. Okay. There's no boys in this movie. <laughs> Straight up, just, just candy, man, you know? Yeah, just man. So today we are not talking about a Brendan Fraser movie, we are talking about Strictly about the 2021 release, Candyman, uh, directed by Nia DaCosta. And I'm just going to let everyone know ahead of time that we're going full, full spoilers, full breakdown territory. Um, these first five minutes might not be super spoilery, but like if you, if you haven't watched the movie yet, one, you should definitely oh, go do watch it. it. And yeah. two, um, you know, just come back, come back after you watch it, you know, <laughs> you know, come it's join hilarious. us. See if you agree with our, you know, our Mild overall opinions. opinions. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're definitely certified critics. Now, I will say, I, I encourage people to go to a movie and go watch it, you know, whether it, I like it or not. Um, you know, take old, for example. <laughs> you know, <laughs> take uh, take Tom and Jerry. One of those I mean, movies. I want, I want to see old. One of those movies I absolutely loved. The other one is uh, called Old. Right, so you know, do with that information what you will. I can't believe the twist was ancient Native American mermaids. <laughs> what a twist! Oh, okay. I don't want to talk about old too much, but <laughs> I actually really like the twist. But just at that point when it was finally revealed, I was like, I, I was, I was just so like exhausted. I was like, I, they should have did this like twenty minutes ago. Yeah. While cutting out a lot of the story, yeah, it's most in my Shaman movie. I'll save that for the old cast. But that being said, I still recommend people watch it because, from a technical standpoint, it's very impressive. Um, but yeah, we're we're talking Candyman, Cisco. We had the pleasure of watching this movie together. Yes, we did. That's a lot. Rich town baby. Yes, seventeen dollar ticket. Actually, no, it's 20, $21.50. Okay, I was going to say, because I sent you, you as you told me it was $21, <laughs> now you're telling me it's $17.50, you made a profit yeah, off me? You made a profit off me, you son of a in bitch? Fact, actually, in fact, I lost 50 cents. Are you fucking kidding me? Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. You tell and me you this buy, now? You, t- you didn't buy me popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, man, well... What? I mean, yeah. you got one for free. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, so I did technically buy it for you, even though I didn't. Yeah. I told you to steal it. You you're about to give it back. Yeah, I was thinking about it for a second to be you're like ready. a decent person, be like, no, 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 like, like no, no. Yeah. But then I've learned that if anyone like offers you anything like that, like at a restaurant, or they're like, "Oh, your drinks are here," don't be like, "Oh, those aren't ours." Be like, "Thank you," and just take them immediately. You know? Yeah, yeah, kids. If anyone offers you something random, you take it off the streets, 
behind a school in a in van. Alleyway, in yep. a van. Yeah, you do take yep. it. Outside of Soma, San Diego, you just take never it. Saying, yeah, never say no to anything free. It's free, you know. Yeah, what's 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 the downside of free? <laughs> we can <laughs> that's that's for another day. That's for that's for a completely other day. Um so yeah, this past weekend I took a trip down to San Diego and took the liberty of doing a you know, because with like the COVID and Delta and everything, I was like, I I want to go see this movie with like a group of people and my friends, but I don't necessarily want people to go if they're like uncomfortable with it, you know? So, and I, I will say this, if, if your local movie theater or anything offers you like, if they offer like private screenings of movies and you have like friends who are hesitant about going back, but like still want like a night out or like to go to a movie showing, like in a movie theater, uh, this, this is a fucking great option. It was really fun. Um, yeah. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, ultimately, like twelve people came and just like it, it. I think it was like out of twenty people. But again, this this is not like an ad for private screening, so it should be. They're giving me no fucking money to say this. I'm giving them an excellent review, and I'm getting fucking nothing in return. Uh, can you attach the podcast to the review? Can you yes. like, put a link? <laughs> yeah, I'll put, I'll put a link. I'll send it. I'll send it to Cinemark, AMC. I'm gonna hold off on Regal for a moment, but you know, Ultra Star. You know, I'll do what I can. But yeah, Cisco couldn't ended up not making it. So I made a sneaky little suggestion that we go before everyone else and go see it the Friday night. And yeah, uh, it was an experience. I would I say that I'll never forget. But I was I was pretty tired that night. I mean, yeah, I'll forget immediately. <laughs> I'm tired because when I, I'm getting was, older and I start doing like a brain dump, this this is one of the first things to go. It'll pop up, yeah, yeah. When I because I, I spoilers, I watched it again yesterday too. And I realized, like, there's a lot of part of this movie I missed just because yep. freaking hot, man. Dude, our <laughs> I was like, yeah, I realized I was going in and out. I was like, I don't remember this scene. Why was that screening so fucking hot? I don't know. Why was it hot? Apparently, Dude. you pointed out that this that the projector was off, too. I don't even think they fixed it. They never fixed it. They just said, fuck this kid. What does he they, know? They never fixed it. Now, the, the movie was in, like, a widescreen format, but there was, like, an extra several feet on the the upper bar and so like i don't know it was just the like the space wasn't being used like it was not aligned right i told yeah. them like immediately when the movie started and he was like oh yeah thank you so much for letting me know i'll, I'll tell the projectionist never got fixed yeah he just said fuck this kid please you know that's, that's what he said i was like smile like smile and said of course I, and then I, as he walked there he's like fuck him <laughs> I I know my movie formats. You know, and that's I mean? after you asked for uh, water from the tap. Not even you didn't even pay for a water bottle. I did say tap water. I did say tap water. water. I was severely dehydrated that day, and on top of that, and the sticky seats, uh, it was it wasn't a good night for me. Cisco, you didn't have me at my hundred percent best. Yeah, no, I'm going to that movie theater took me out to. That was for a nice theater. I don't know what was up with the AC, but you you had like eighty percent me then. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't even there half the time. I was so hot in there. I kept <laughs> adjusting my seat because I was uncomfortable in every position because my <laughs> legs were just sticking to sticking. the leather. Yeah, yeah. yeah anyways, you're you're a pretty moist, boy. I'm I'm pretty moist, and it, it's unfortunate because a lot of the times our seats are moving. I was missing like key lines in this film yeah. that you know I've been I've been really fucking excited to see. 
Uh, do you want to do the synopsis? Do you have one written written down? No. That's what people come here for, man. Normally, you, normally in the reviews, you do it. I know. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, I can come up with the top of my head. No. I don't want you to do Man 2021. Yeah, fuck it. Go ahead. Back in Chicago, art, blood, joy division. <laughs> what do all these things have in common? The candy's back, baby. Men come out of holes. Children screaming, puppets. Let me tell you about the hook, baby. There's a baby back, and that's Candyman, that's 2021. Candy. <laughs> Bits and pieces you put together. <laughs> so, just essentially, what? Yeah, let's just go. Said it's a. Uh, there's with, with the original 1992 Candyman. There were two sequels that followed, which weren't that great. Yeah, from what Return I've heard, the Flash and um, and Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, yeah. Which I heard, Farewell to the Flesh is okay, but that one's Day decent. Dead is, that is bad. Um, this one's more kinda, of a direct sequel, I would say. This is, yeah, because kind of like following in the footsteps of Halloween 2018. Um, this is a direct sequel to the 1992 Candyman. And it returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. That doesn't really say much about the plot anyways, either. Um, <laughs> I mean, this movie okay. is like three, three days old. That's true. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess full spoiler territory as of right now, because the big reveal in this is that the main character... Uh, why can't I think of his fucking name right now? Oh, I, I just pulled Anthony up. McCoy. Anthony McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. Played he by... plays he plays the baby from the original Candyman that was abducted. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big role. Which is a twist I was not expecting. But I don't know if you remember I told you when we were watched through when I think we did the original Candyman uh-huh. re- review with Cody. I mentioned that I had avoided any trailer. Actually, the only trailer I'd saw was like the final one during the purge. Yeah, but I had voided the, the like the first one, which yeah. I'm kind of glad I did because I watched those trailers again before this started, just so I can see if anything was different. If they were, you know, obviously, you know, some movies like to put scenes that aren't actually in the movie. Yeah, um, but I'm glad I didn't watch the first one because the first one actually gives away that he's the baby. Yeah, or pretty much does because they have uh, Vanessa Williams, who is a re- returning her role as Anne Marie in that mm-hmm. first trailer. Yeah. And I obviously, and I think that the obviously gave that whole thing away, which kind of sucks for the people who did see it. Like I avoided it, so I was not expecting that up until she popped up and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I think that was a good like first trailer because when I watched it the first time, it well, first of all, it's shocking mm-hmm. that Vanessa Williams. This movie is almost thirty years is set almost thirty years after the original, and she still looks thirty two. And she still looks 32. Yeah. That woman's not aging. So like if if you would have just like just like saw the the preview without even seeing the original Candyman, you would have said, like, oh yeah, young black woman. You know what I mean? Appeared in the trailer. But yeah, but if if you were like a a candy boy fan, a a candy head, yeah. Then you would you would immediately know it was her. When when I see B B head, do you assume they're fans of Candyman or B movie? I think they're fans. I think that's what Breaking Benjamin calls their fans. Oh, 
the BB heads. BB heads. You know, because they're fan base. I feel like that's a territory we're going to be tapping into soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're getting hard there. That and the Juggalo fan base. Like, yeah, like the non-problematic, aggressive music fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For people who aren't really big friends of Trunks or know him, he's a big Juggalo head. (laughs) Trunks is Juggalo. Uh, Yeah, but Anthony McCoy. (laughs) And he's not here, folks. He did not watch the movie, so. Trunks didn't watch the movie, so he's just going to listen to us. He's just going to listen to it. Like everyone. He's never going to listen to this episode. <laughs> he hasn't listened to most of them, I don't think. I don't think he has. But I digress. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Anthony McCoy is played by yeah, 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 Abdul Mateen II. And he, you've seen him in Watchmen. You've seen him in Aquaman. You've seen him in, what else he pops up in? I think he's in Trial of the Chicago Seven. So you know, he's he's popping up quite a bit. He's everywhere. And based on his performances and like all those titles I just said, and including this one, um, yeah, there's like a reason he's popping off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause she was great. And then don't even get me started on Tiana Paris. Uh, she was fantastic too. She's fantastic. Um I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch whatever. Like, I'll watch whatever movie she's in or whatever TV show. Man, everyone in this movie was great. Every every character. No one was wasted. Yeah. What else pops up in here? Yeah, Coleman, uh, Coleman Domingo. Coleman as uh, Burke, William Burke, and he was yep. in Zola. Yep. And he gives a haunting uh, performance in this one, especially towards the end. Yeah. I really liked his final. Um, yeah. Like that final reveal is like, oh, this man's a uh, psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> Which would make sense if you just just based on the trauma this this man has experienced in the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm also not saying that uh, trauma makes you a psychopath. Just want to just want to clear the air there. But yeah, no, he's he was fucking great. And then um, Nathan Nathan Stewart Jarrett. As Troy. as Troy, he was a good brother. Brianna's brother, so funny, so good. And this was written by Rin Rosenfeld, Nia DaCosta, and the man Jordan Peele himself. Which, yeah, like it, it felt like you know a Jordan Peele script, but not to the, I'd the say, full the full extent of like both you know Get Out and Us. Yeah, where do we go from here? What do you think, Cisco? Um. We want to just jump into our opinions right away. Let's just jump into our opinions right away, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after the first viewing, I think, like I said, I, the, the heat definitely threw me off. I was hovering around in 85, 88. This is a movie I felt kind of weird at first ranking it in stars because, like, I was like, three and a half doesn't seem as good as it should be. Before, it seems like I'm giving yeah. it too much credit. Yeah. But after the second watch, when I was able to focus more, like I said, uh, Domingo's uh, performance towards the end, I didn't realize yeah. how chilling it was like it actually like got me the racing because I, I i would say everyone has a different threshold but compared to some other movies that we've seen this movie isn't really a big scary like if you will like you know it was jump scares or anything like that this is more of like a a thriller and it's like i said like, like a men watching the man have a men- mental breakdown mm-hmm. almost a little bit like hereditary where they're doing a psychology aspect of it where you're watching someone kind of go crazy Mm-hmm. Uh, but after yeah, that second viewing, I was 
bump it. I can bump it up to like a ninety percent or even four out of five stars. You want to say? Yeah. Uh, I really like just watching everyone's performance. Like everyone did a solid job. Yeah. Any character that would kind of be antagonistic wasn't in the movie that long. Uh, like Clyde, <laughs> because they were because they were murdered. <laughs> they were murdered, which I think is great. Like no one overstayed their welcome. Like you didn't get too much of Clyde, the you know the douchey art dealer. He was in there for like five minutes tops, or the art critic Finley. She only in there for a couple minutes too. Anyone who right. had could be really another antagonist was they did their part. They got they showed like you know their conflict and they were swiftly dealt with. Right and. That's one thing I noticed about this movie compared to the other Candyman's. If I'm jumping the gun, is uh, and I've seen people debate. I did check some other like topics and forms to see uh, the original Candyman. I don't think I really said in, the, in, the, in our first review. Like he is obviously supposed to represent the cycle of violence because mm-hmm. in the first one he doesn't he doesn't kill anyone out of like uh, retribution. He just uh, kills no matter what. Like if you he say kills, if, if you summon him, yeah. In this movie, one thing I noticed is that everybody who died via the the Sherman ca- uh, Candyman, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, kind of had it coming. They were all antagonistic. You know, Clive uh, was obviously like complaining and saying that you know uh, Brianna was just f- fitting her man in. Uh, Brooke's sisters were bullying him. The girls in the high school were bullying. Uh, I forgot her name. But the the one girl in the stall, yeah. And so this Candyman, and even when Sherman's doing his, uh, not Sherman, when Burke is doing his his monologue, he talks about like this Candyman, like he like he talks about Candyman is a way for them to, you know, deal with their trauma, deal with their trauma, you know, yeah. fight back. Like this is a guy who does it. And so that's kind of what I liked about this one. Um, definitely completely out different than the original. I still like the original more. Uh, yeah, but this one, one first that this, I know a lot of people have issues with the first Candyman because the protagonist is a white female. Yeah, in this one, the main the main protagonists are uh, two black people. Uh, you can even, yeah, you can say Brianna and Anthony McCoy are both protagonists in this movie because they both kind of have their storylines that go in this. Anthony McCoy, obviously, you know, he's more of a Horcrux, if you will. Yeah, no, this movie is definitely unapologetically black. Yeah, and you know, which is very fucking refreshing to see. Yeah, especially in like and, a mainstream horror film. And I believe I sent you that uh, uh, article yes. that said yeah. Mia Da Costa was yep. uh, what was it the first African American or was it was she Afri- she's African American right? She's not. Yeah, I think it said just like the first let, let black me the thread. woman, especially woman too. So that's two big ones, two big hurdles. Yeah. But I, I don't remember. Maybe it was three because I want to say like it was also the R-rated aspect. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She's like oh no, 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 no. Just well, I mean, yeah. It seems like she's breaking all those fucking things because just yeah. like in general, uh, the movie has a twenty-five million dollar budget, and in the first three days of release, it made twenty-two point three million, yeah. which became the first number one film directed by a black woman. Yeah, like how. <laughs> How in 2021 is that the first time that's happening? And I think that's what this volume speaks. Because I yeah. watched the uh, horror noir last night just to kind of get that mindset too. Yeah. And a lot of them, a lot of them obviously like Candyman, a lot of the people they got in the movie, but a lot of that issues that I said, like, you know, that 
the main protagonist was a white female that right it kind of went back to like Candyman right. was uh falling in love with a white person and this one yep. they go away from others like no white protagonist i'll besides right. maybe matt uh or troy's boyfriend grady yeah but this was like just yeah like all about gentrification and you know uh, mm-hmm. black people right because that was one of the themes in you know the first film was yeah. like Helen representing white privilege, just like straight up walking into Cabrini yeah. Green, just yeah. like going into an empty apartment that's been abandoned when she has like no right doing anything she did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this one's great because like with the now gentrified, you know, area of Cabrini Green and like what sits there now, it like it definitely like takes it back from the yeah. first movie while still honoring the first film. Um because while Helen isn't in this film, Virginia Madsen does reply reprise her role in a sense because all the, the audio tapes that Anthony is listening to, yeah, uh, that's all new audio. So she recorded that for this. And it was originally planned that she was going to be in this in some capacity. Yeah. But they ended up just shelving that idea completely. And I, I think that was for the best. I think, yeah. Just, just for the best, you know. They, they, I think they brought her, yeah, they referenced her enough. Uh, was the puppetry, and that's one thing, too. The great flashback scenes were through oh the God. whole puppet style, which is great. It yep, was that was great, and then, like, you know, redo any scenes, yep, they didn't try to, you know, edit anything, they just did a whole different approach, which I think made it quick. Again, for people who haven't seen it, too, like, if that's your first, like, kind of taste of Candyman, if you hadn't seen the original one, and Troy's story and all that breaking down, like you obviously like don't know what's going on. So you think, oh hey, this yeah, this woman broke down and she went crazy and then died. But then eventually you find out later, you know, the true story, which I mean you still should see the original one because there's more to it, but yeah, the way it's broken down is great. Now, what's great about this this version of Candyman is that yeah, you 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 don't need to see the original to appreciate it. Uh, it tells you like literally everything you need to know. It gives you like a perfect little recap, um, which I thought was great. When I saw Escape Room 2 a couple weeks ago, the movie literally opens with like a recap of the first one. Yeah. It doesn't explicitly say like last time in Escape Room, you know, <laughs> but like it didn't trust its audience at all to watch it to see the first one. Yeah. So they just give you like a Spark Notes version of the of the first film. Yeah. And I would still, still say go see it. Yeah, man. I <laughs> I like the Escape Room franchise. Okay, I think it's fun. Anyway, I'm talking about I'm talking about the original Candyman stuff. Yeah, no, me too. And so yeah, definitely go back and watch the original Candyman because that's still yes. like five out of five. That's like because yeah, Tony Todd and his sweet sweet voice. Well, we were talking about we've talked about Candyman, you know, at length yeah. on this podcast in yeah. person and just over over time. But when we were walking out of the screening on Saturday, some of the people in attendance hadn't seen the original, which again is yeah. fine. Yeah, but yeah. It, like, it was it was Stephanie who was like, the first Candyman's like a hot movie. And I was like, it is a fucking hot movie. Yeah. Like it's fucking romantic. More, it's so red. like it's like it's a love story. It's a trip. Yeah. While still being really fucking scary. Yeah. Now, I think, okay, compared to the scare factor of like the first one 
this this entry doesn't really i feel come close yeah no like scariness yeah but i feel like it still is scary though for like a general audience you know what i mean like like they linger on the gore just enough they show you some pretty like fucked up shit like yeah like a man's arm being sawn off you know like the broken ankle the broken ankle oh yeah the hook through the fucking achilles tendon jesus fucking christ or i think some of the best gore too isn't even like the kills it's like the aftermath not even the aftermath it's like one thing is that anthony mccoy gets stung by a bee and his hand just slowly starts rotting up to his like neck yeah and at one point like his nail is rotten and he pulls out obviously that's something that's real yep and that like i like the two scenes that made me close my eyes where it was him pulling his fingernail or when he was picking his scab and you can see like pink flesh underneath and like i mean like that's that's real like i've had uh injuries from when i skated and like a scab's coming off and like you kind of you kind of touch it just to see what it is and you see like plink flesh underneath and it's just and you can you feel the sting you're like god damn like those you never you never skated yeah come on bro at the roller rink you never skated in your life i was i was uh, uh in the derby you have two derby. left you have two left feet you just kept going around in circles yeah that's why they called me left eye lucy <laughs> <laughs> god damn it that's good i can't even i can't argue <laughs> but yeah but like thinking back to the first one the original candy man's not even like that gory either like yeah it is graphic in parts for the most part like it's relatively pretty tame you know yeah compared to other like slashers or like another tony todd film uh you know hatchet 2 for example that's just me yeah i'm with you with giving this like i was like thinking the same thing you know three and a half too low four felt a little high but i i ultimately like left it at four i was like i I liked it enough yeah second Um, viewing definitely helped the second viewing solidified it as a four for sure and even after the screening the second screening i was like maybe even four four five yeah um I'm definitely going to watch it again in theaters before it leaves. I was going to go today, but I ended up canceling because I feel like shit. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to watch it again. And I think, I don't know, there's there's so much because I feel like there's so many little details in this one. Like in the first one, there is. There's a, there's, there's a lot of foreshadowing. A whole lot of that. Some a little blatant, some a little clever. Uh, what else they got in here? Oh, did you catch this the second time? Did you read this online? The fifth after the fifth time, yes, someone Anthony says McCoy? Anthony McCoy's full yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, 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 I made sure to check on that. I was going to mention that. Yeah, I think that's for brought my score because, like, that's such a little detail, but it's like so great. It's so great, and it's it's like they could have very easily just skipped past that, and it would have been yeah, just like no one thought of anything, you know. And there's there's a lot of little things they did, like the beginning. I didn't notice in the first time because I'm dying of heat exhaustion, but in the second one, and it threw me off too for a second. Was that the whole like you know intro to like the lion's gay and the monkey paws was reverse because it was supposed to be like you look in the mirror. Yep. Um, then the bottom view of Chicago was a nod to the original Candyman, where that was a top view of Chicago. Yep. So there's like a lot of little things that just like it's small, but like if you you know actually know more about it or just kind of realize going in is like that's like a great detail. Yeah. Like that just like blows it like makes the movie even great like even if it's like the beginning part like that's just 
it's such a nice t- like nice uh touch it's a it's such a great it's it's both a great and creative nod you know while still doing your own thing now what's shocking to me is that this is nia DaCosta's first no not first only her second film as a director that's fucking wild wild to me um her first film is a film called little woods which i hear is great and i'll probably watch it over the course of the next couple days but she does that right crushes gets noticed by universal and jordan peele to get tapped to do the candy man you know which was originally it's weird because kind of it, it it's like i said halloween 2018 where it, it is a direct sequel to the first original film but it's also like a reboot of sorts you know yeah so whatever whatever you kind of yeah this that. one I, yeah i guess if it, it, it's a sequel slash reboot because it continues from yeah. where the first one take off but then they obviously reboot the the lore of it because this one they add up that there's different candy mans that it's not just tony todd's right. as a uh, daniel robote mm-hmm. and then you know that obviously you know connect more of the story so right. they redo the the lore, but they also keep you know true to what the first one was. Obviously, I don't think David yeah. or Return to the Flesh has anything to do with this one. Yeah, like I liked that too. Um, where in the first one, you know, at the end, Helen becomes the new Candyman, and I feel like they kind of build on that. Where if a person who dies, it's like how, how did all the people die? They they all died from you know, different, different things and different methods, but uh, they all died because of an act of, you know, racism and an act of injustice. Yeah. And then they became, you know, the Candyman after that. So yeah. they kept that the, the person who was last killed was like the new, the new legend, which if, yeah. if I wish we would have gotten a, get a film like on like the kid Candyman, you <laughs> know, like a little boy. Yeah. The little boy bike. Right now as a hook. Yeah. That could be like a fun, like campy horror movie. You know what I mean? But no, like, and and they did such a good job of telling you the stories of these past candy men um, or candy boys, if you will, candy people uh, during the end credits during like the, you know, more, that was more so great. puppetry. Like, even, even though that was so small too, like that, like even though I'd seen it the first time, I still wanted to stay and watch it the second time just because yeah. the imagery of it yeah. and the score, the... Because this is obviously a different score than the first one, mm-hmm. um, just like the little, like the little bells and stuff like that. I wish I could mm-hmm. sing, but like this, like that. No, please sing. <laughs> I don't know how this <laughs> one goes, but it's just so haunting. Like it's just something about it just mesmerized me when I was watching. Like even yeah. though I'd seen the puppetry before, I was like, this is just still like captivating. So props to whoever did the score. I'd, yeah, look at. Not even second viewing. I, the the score like affected me that much where there's this record company called Waxwork Records and they they put a lot of like horror soundtracks like on vinyl. Yeah. And they had like a special edition of of you know this this Candyman score. And I was like, eh, you know, kind of pricey, you know, a little bit <laughs> pricey. But uh, you know, most places do like essentially layaway plans online now so i was like that's fine but i was like eh, pricey like i don't need it like it's fine i don't need it uh watch the movie afterwards i'm like yeah i'm gonna fucking pre-order this 
because <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so good. I mean, and that's what we talked about where score makes yeah. it a good big deal in horror movies. Like, yeah. obviously, some of the classics have their, like, obviously, Halloween has their psycho, like, like the their iconic, iconic psycho, you know? Freddy, Freddy uh, or Friday the 13th. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, a lot of those, yeah. And so it makes, you know, good horror movies go to even like higher lengths when you can add the chilling theme right. song that will obviously be attached to it. Like when you hear it, you're like, you're like, oh, something bad's about to happen. Right. I also think the sound is the sound design in this was fantastic too. Yeah. Um, we didn't really notice the first screening because we were like baking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were we were, we were two little hot potatoes in there. We were we were a couple of you know roasted pigs over fire, <laughs> just slowly turning yeah, and there's turning. A, there's there's a luau going out there. <laughs> but like yeah, the, the second time, which wasn't even in Dolby Theater, which I think you saw it. I saw it in Dolby, Dolby like Theater. That, I like that viewing like that because it felt so nice because it had the. I went to Plaza Bonita. It uh-huh. had obviously the chairs you could recline. Yep. The back of it was a wall. So like you didn't yeah. have to worry about like no one oh, behind yeah. you. Like that. The way that was designed. I think you went to that theater that exactly when we when we Did saw Did we see Bumblebee. Bumblebee there? Yeah. When you had me eat your straw? Yeah. Wrapper? <laughs> yeah. Because you threw it in the popcorn for it with you, you sick fuck. <laughs> yeah, but that uh <laughs> I forgot about that. But yeah, that CD was just great. And it made me I didn't. I was able to focus more because the sound I, I want to hopefully catch an XD, but I know with Shang-Chi coming out this Friday, it's it's not going to be an XD for a few more days. Yeah. <sighs> Tomorrow might be my last day. I don't know. We'll <laughs> figure it out. Anyways. Yeah, man. This movie's fucking great. And the fact that Nia DaCosta's next movie is the fucking Marvels, which is the sequel to Captain Marvel. Like just do big things. Marvel just said, nope. We want you. Like we want you. You know what I mean? They just they they jumped on it, which I mean smart. Which I think is a good is a good method too. Like when um Marvel gets these like indie, more like indie-ish directors, you know. Like Taika. Can't think of any other ones, of course, right now. Like Ryan (laughs) Ryan Coogler, you know. Um is James Gunn one of them? Yeah, for that first Guardians for sure. All he had was were the trauma movies before that and Slither. Slither. I wouldn't put him in front of a, you know, I, I wouldn't have chosen him in front of a comic <laughs> book property, but you know, I'm glad I'm glad they did because that was a risk that paid off. Yeah, man. I I don't know where this is on my end of the year list. Yeah. What about your uh top horrors for the year? <sighs> top horrors for the year? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Does it beat Army of the Dead? <laughs> Does it beat old? You know, it's hard. It's hard to say. I think it's uh, my number two. What's the, is, is your first one still A Quiet Place? Quiet. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is a lot better than A Quiet Place. Oh, that's what, that's what I was telling Sam. Is, I think <laughs> it's a lot is, better than A Quiet is, Place, too. I think Quiet Place is a little bit better of a horror film, but this is better film in general. I don't know, dude. I loved that first Fear Street 94. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, yeah. And then I, I don't know where to put like the wrong trip remake, not wrong trip, wrong turn remake in here because did you actually say I haven't seen it? I think that technically came out. Yeah, I bought it. I made trunks buy it, then I bought a physical copy. <laughs> All because I wanted to check it out. But <laughs> I don't know. 
I really fucking like that one. As far as like scores go right now, yeah, Kenny Man's in, in the third spot as far as horror movies go. Because I have 1984 right. and fucking Wrong Turn before that. But I think Wrong Turn technically came out in 2020. So Dang. maybe it disqualifies it. I have to see. I'm putting Wrong Turn above Kenny Man. I really enjoyed what they did with Wrong Turn. <laughs> I didn't see it though. Because I did not like the originals. <laughs> But I really fucking like this one. I don't know. I think I described it as um, like an Appalachian Midsummer in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I will say this: if you're expecting redneck, you know, hillbillies, cannibalistic Hillbill. hillbillies, you're you're not getting this. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, in this one, but Maybe oh yeah, Forever also... Purge was good too. But yeah, uh-huh. Candyman's better. Well. I don't know. Fuck, dude. I really liked Forever Purge, too. <laughs> Damn. Damn, this is hard. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to, we're, we're gonna have to do a best of probably at the end yeah, of the year. Christmas. Yeah, we'll we'll have a best horror best to uh, as well as other movies because Halloween kills. Because also, yeah, there's all good horror movies coming out. There's some good other movies coming out like No Way yeah. Home. Yeah. yeah, No Way Home has a lot of potential for movie, just movies in general. I don't know. I don't want it to pander it. Like I don't want it to be just like a pandering film. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So far, I mean, the trailers have done good. Did too, you I hear think. me? Spy, uh, Space Jam: A New Legacy. <laughs> but it's going to pander a little bit, but hopefully not too it's, much. It's <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> it's going to pander, and everything involving Doc Ock is going to get a firm five star for me. Oh yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> just fucking. And I'll never forget when someone said I looked like Alfred Molina, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" That's a that's a compliment right there. <laughs> it's a compliment, but I don't think I look like that man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking it's of like, pandering, oh. yeah, pandering. What's this got around tomatoes? I know uh, we got eighty-four uh, critic and seventy-four audience, which I can kind of see where the seventy-four comes out. Like I was talking about pandering, I didn't realize it till after second viewing. That Tony Todd is in this movie, yeah, and it's but it's just like the last, you know, minute of the film, which we both agreed is kind of thrown off with the bad floating CGI. That's all it was. Like and that was they, really what dropped they, it for me. And then they de-aged him a little bit too, so he didn't yeah. look as. I think they should have kept. They should have brought him looking looking the same. Right. I think anyone would have cared. Mm-mm. I think anyone just would have been happy to hear his his sweet voice and his tones. Yeah. But that was definitely, I don't know, maybe maybe they couldn't pay him or didn't want him in the studio longer than an hour or something like that, but I definitely would like to see more. But I guess it's kind of nice that they didn't, you know, rely too much on him, that they were obviously trying yeah. to create a different more. Right. Um, that had me, that has me excited, though, just yeah. based on, like, see, I don't really know if I want them to do a sequel to this uh, or if that yeah. was, like, the plan all along, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I, they... I, I think it. Sorry to cut you off, but like, yeah. I think how they ended this does leave like a really good, like it could have been like the ending is like it, it's good where it just like ambiguous, you know, just doesn't like you don't know what's gonna happen, like you don't like it's not like a wholly satisfying ending, you know. Yeah. Did I say ambiguous? I meant ambiguous. <laughs> I thought you said amphibious. Okay. Well, I'll probably just cut that. <laughs> yeah yeah it, i mean this one you know wasn't like a depressing ending but it also wasn't like a 
happy ending. It was like in the middle. Yeah, it was like an interesting ending. Like, what the fuck's yeah. gonna happen from here? You know what I mean? Yeah. And they could obviously, you know, make a sequel to it because obviously Brianna's story isn't done. Yeah, no, they they set up a lot of Brianna's story with like her dad mm-hmm. and like the flashbacks, stuff like that. Yeah. So like yeah, I definitely what... no. I I feel like they did have to set up for a sequel then, right? Because yeah. I do like I do want to see more of Brianna. Yeah, because like, I mean, her story. One thing I will say about this movie is it's one of the few rare example of horror movies that could have used more time. Yeah, because this is one of the shortest horror uh, Candyman movies. Um, they coming in at a runtime of like an hour and thirty six minutes. An hour and thirty one minutes, baby. Thirty one. It's yeah. officially the shortest Candyman, which I yeah, am, like more than here for. Yeah, I mean this, but this for sure could have done because they obviously felt like a game was Brianna's dad. Felt yeah. like there could have been more. I don't know if they decided to cut it off or if they can if they do a sequel if they're bringing that in. But that was something that kind of they teased and it you thought would be a big story plot yeah. or something that would come back and it obviously kind of went nowhere other than just revealing that she had trauma with people dying because this yeah. girl goes through even more trauma and sees like multiple people die, dude. <laughs> Which I mean, <sighs> I felt so bad, like just like the trauma, which that like, you know, was a metaphor and like probably intentional too, and like all the traumas that black people have to face, like all the fucking time. Yeah. And then still dealing like with like Clive, like her shitty art dealer, like boss. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even then too, it was like something I like too is like her. Like even like when she, I forgot the art, that when she met that other um, museum director, whatever it was. Yeah. Even yeah. that too, like she was using her because of her tragedy, like because of her story. She's like, how long, yep. she's like, how long have you known Anthony McCoy? You know, he's a he's a up and coming artist, and then like about your dad's trauma, and obviously you could see it to her, like. And that was something that they both were going through. Like he was obviously because that that this one does the movie does good too. Is like in the beginning, you think right. you know that everyone likes him, that he's you know he's yeah. a successful, and then you. Finds out that he hasn't done anything good in like two years. Right. That Clive doesn't like him. That even her brother thinks he's a good for nothing. Uh, ogre, I believe he called him at one point. Yeah. <laughs> An artistic ogre. He's like fee five fo motherfucker. Yeah. Um, and so like he's obviously struggling because obviously when Clive gets killed, he, the first thing he says like they said my name. Yeah. And he gets happy, so that's like his thing is him yeah. and trying to find himself. And hers is obviously probably trying to make her own path, but people keep right. uh, bringing stuff up like her dad or the marriage of her friends. I guess if they are friends or, or boyfriends like, are. I guess kind of like, oh, you can't escape your past in a sense, you know, but like, even though you try, people will still want to like exploit your trauma. Yeah. You know, and I mean, everyone has like their own gain. Yeah. And this is what this whole movie was too, was a lot of expectation because even... Yep. The art artist, or not the art critic, when she told Anthony McCoy, like, you know, it's your people who actually started the whole gentrification. And at first she thinks she's talking about, like, Black people. But then she goes and says, like, it's starving artists. You're, like, you know, come into towns. Right. and yep. Which is, I mean, that's true to an extent, you know. Yeah. Those are always the first people to move into, you know, like, neighborhoods rebuilding are people who are young, younger people yeah. who are out seeking, you know. Depending on where they are, it could be as yeah, artists, whether it's, you know, paintings, uh, film, music, all that stuff. Correct. But that's something, that's something that that is, I think, gets talked about a lot is like the exploitating of like, you know, uh, abuse and, you know, people of color, specifically black people, gentrification. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I noticed about this movie, too, is like no one was 
I guess in the best way to say no one looked urban, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they like, obviously like Anthony McCoy was dressed like, you know, in skinny jeans, they were, you know, curled, like rolled up. He had the converse on the beanie, the tight shirts. And um, yeah, that was one of my main to- gripes. I was like, converse, <laughs> man, come on. We all, know, we all know I'm a little Vans boy. Yeah. You know, but yeah, like, no one obviously was made to look stereotypical, which I think was kind of nice. Like these were different, you know, yeah, no one was no one was like a token. No one was a stereotypical. Like no one was yeah. like portrayed in these ways. Yeah. They said the N word once. Once, yeah, yeah, and then obviously once. you know that's good. Like they didn't rely on anything like that, which I think they're pretty good. At. I don't think you know, Jordan Peele scripts and things he's done like has ever included well, any of the N words. Right, he just writes a fucking story. Yeah, you know, and like still relies and like talks about race in a way that's not yeah. like insulting. You know, or doesn't like beat you over the head with, you know, what he's trying to say. Yeah. But and one thing I like too is that they touched on a lot of like horror tropes mm-hmm. as well. Like, and, you know, very subtle. Like, obviously, like when Troy's uh, boyfriend, Grady, was like, let's summon Candyman. And he was like, Black people need to be summoning anything. <laughs> yeah. Or like one of my favorite scenes is when Brianna opens the basement door to the laundromat. She's like, <laughs> yep. nope. Like, <laughs> yeah. Small stuff, but like to a lot of people, like 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 that was always a trope. Like you know, let's go downstairs or like right. do this and that. Um, right. And he obviously like, called out to it, but it was like, hey, we're smarter than that. Right. Like, this is you know what I would do. This is what happened. And he's and that's obviously something he's talked about when he's seen horror films. Like you know, he's making right. movies that he'd want him right. see or be in, and that's probably something he would do. Well, even just like, too, just like the Candyman summoning scene in the high school with with the five with the five young girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the um, one who survives the, the only Asian. one, the one who survives is Asian. Yeah. And she goes, Nope. She's like, and just nope. walks like, out after three. I can't three. do this. <laughs> yep. She's like, Not today. <laughs> Which that got like a big pop for me just because yeah. that, yeah. Like, one, no, I probably wouldn't be doing any of this shit because it sounds scary as hell. Sounds sketch. I'm just not going to do it. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I would never do that. I, I did try to do that in the bathroom when we were at the lot, though. And you're like, No. No, I'm not. And I know like some of the marketing for this was that to unlock the final trailer, like a few days before release, like before it was officially released um, on the Candyman website, you had to record yourself saying it five times. And then it, that's how it unlocked the trailer, which I think that's very fucking clever marketing, but marketing that I'll never partake in because no, I'm not going to risk it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to risk being murdered by Tony Todd, but I will say, if that's the way I go out, so be it. I would, I would, I wouldn't be bad. You know what I mean? So be it. Yeah, man. I, I thought this was great. Definitely going to be on my. Yeah, I, I'd say definitely top ten of the year for sure. And I don't know, like I, I I'm going to rewatch this, and I know I'm just going to probably find like more things to love about it. You know, yeah. like I did with, you know, like every time I watched the original and stuff and i'm i'm so happy to see it like being a success you know of course, like getting yeah. getting the recognition it deserves um because this just opens up the door for more like horror in the mainstream yeah you know and when put in the right hands it can be done like very well yeah. well one thing that this kind of reminded me too which again kind of separates this one for the first one it's uh i saw uh Denzel do an interview and then someone asked him, you know, why he chose a black director to do, um, uh, I forgot what movie it was. And he, and 
they asked like why couldn't it have been a white director he said and he said like you know oh yeah you know i could get spielberg or martin scorsese but i was like you get a black director to do their schindler's list and the godfather but i was like it's a culture thing like i'm sure he could have got someone mm-hmm. that was great too to do this movie that was white mm-hmm. and it's not about it. it's something and he says it's not a race thing it's a culture thing like they to them this like they know you know the projects they know gentrification all that stuff like that's something that they know deep right. inside like and the same thing like he's like you said like they could probably get you know good bit or you know black director to do shouldn't this but they at the end of the day don't have the culture that someone had as you know jewish descent right and i think that's what definitely separates this movie from the first one is this was neo costa so she obviously you know has this deeply rooted in her as right. well as jordan peele who you know has said multiple times like this is one of his favorite movies mm-hmm. right I think like it shows Mar- like, like Martin Scorsese. You want to do a movie about like, you know, poor gangs in a neighborhood? That's gangs in New York, and it's great, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, sure, it, like it just, it would be a good one. But yeah. Yeah, there's no saying it. But yeah, just from like the storytelling aspect and just, just knowing what to elevate, knowing what to highlight, like knowing just like how to like get the audiences to connect with the character when you're like not even going to be like in their shoes, like ever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's fucking great storytelling that like, yeah. Martin Scorsese like couldn't do with this. He just couldn't. Yeah. He would just make Robert De Niro look like he's 17 and just start shooting. People. <laughs> you know, that's all it is. It's just Robert De Niro, seven, 17 year old Robert De Niro from the Irishman shooting Tony Todd, the candy man. <laughs> while Tony hook. Todd is just trying to hook him, but Danny DeVito is using his raging bull, you know, <laughs> going back and forth. That'd be a good fight, though. But it would be a good fight. I don't know. Candyman's got the upper hook, man. I'm telling you. I think he does. Well, let me ask you this. What part of the movies did you not like or felt like could have been better? Or um, You know what? Like, I, I've just spent this past, like, almost hour talking about how much I liked it. and all the good things about it i don't know i i I just think that what it comes down to is what i personally like to see like more you know gore and violence on screen yeah yeah but i know but i also know this isn't the movie for it you know what i mean but so i can't like hold that against it uh i think some of the stuff felt i will say what what definitely kept it as a four for right now is the last like 25 20 minutes which is great but it does feel like it does feel rushed yeah you know and and the the burke reveal like i don't know just kind of like feels like comes out of nowhere where like they definitely could have like added more a little more to that and like i said earlier like endings that leave it kind of questionable you don't know what's going on i'm i'm completely fine with even though i know a lot of people aren't but with this one it kind of just like went more like the last 10 minutes definitely gave me like more questions than it gave me answers yeah while while still being great to watch so i think that's it and i feel like there's got to be deleted scenes and like a longer cut of this yeah where hopefully like i'm not saying like answer all my questions like don't leave me like (laughs) fully satisfied in a movie like that's rare when that happens which is like, give me something at least solid to stand on and then let me kind of figure my way from there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't just kind of like throw everything at me like a, like a jump scare in a way, you know? 
Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I thought the body horror was very like Cronenberg, which was like really cool to see, you know? Yeah. Especially with, you said earlier, the the nail ripping off scene was very reminiscent of that scene in The Fly. Yeah, I I give this my full stamp of approval. <laughs> I think people should go see it. I'm definitely going to see it again. And uh, yeah, I think this is a this is a day one. This is a day one purchase for me. I'll just get on it. Yeah. Show in the Voodoo account. I'll buy this for sure. <laughs> I don't know if I'll... I'll probably buy it too. No, fuck it. Even though like Universal's a giant corporation, giant movie studio, I'm still going to fucking support you know black creators of black content so yeah i'll buy it on voodoo and i'll buy the physical you know there you go buy both i'll buy both and i'll give the dvd out for free to pay it forward <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like i'll so I'll, say, I'll i'll say the last line of this movie i'll say tell everyone you know and just pass on so, the dvd yeah pass my name give it to trunks because we know he won't see it till then <laughs> yeah um but okay, I think that's it for this week's episode. Cisco and I have to go talk about uh, where we're going to get our Candyman tattoos, what we're going to get, where we're going to get them, and when we're going to get them. No Please let us know in the comments. Yeah, on the, on where the Yelp get a tattoo. Yelp. On the, <laughs> we're on Yelp? We're on yeah. Yelp now. <laughs> go, to, go to Joe's Yelp review of the Chula Vista AMC and leave your review. I will. I will. Here, I'll, I'll say this. Um, if, if you're listening to this show for the first time, I, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, it's in our usual format, but we just really wanted to talk about this one and most like, you know, new horror releases. We used to do episodes every week, um, but, you know, life happens and things happen. So now we're going to be every other week uh, to our original format. Sometimes we'll do, you know, maybe like a bonus. We'll do specialized episodes like this, like especially with like Halloween kills. Um, last night in soho like things like that you know yeah yeah i i lost my train of thought i forgot what i was saying oh i know what i was gonna say yeah because i fucking i've got that advertisement for it for us which was great you know we're up to x amount of listens now which is pretty cool <laughs> but you know once i got us that advertisement <laughs> released like two episodes yeah we stopped we stopped caring. and that was like a month <laughs> and a half ago so we're, we're gonna try to be more consistent i know we're gonna I'm probably going to upload this one tomorrow and then not this Monday, but the next Monday will be the next regular episode. I feel. Yeah. But yeah, again, the horror throwdown podcast, Fraser edition, we both, we both stamp our approval on this one. We say, go see it and, you know, catch us next time when we talk about a quiet American and 28 days later, which <sighs> I don't even know if that one's going to be recorded, man. That one just, that's just okay, okay. that shelled. We'll get it done. We'll get it done. We'll figure it out. I watched The Quiet American weeks yeah, ago, so I need yeah, to I can't, I can't. I, I can't. I'm not going to watch it again. It's so deep in my memory. I don't know I if I can I can't wait to go to waste. I can't wait to go to waste. <laughs> we have to do the episode. I cannot have paid $3.99 to watch that and not talk about it. It was on Paramount. Ugh. Okay. Anyways, thank you, Cisco. We'll talk soon for the Horror Throwdown <laughs> Podcast, Fraser Edition. This is Jessica Caden for Cisco and Navarro signing off. See his name. Hi, Benny!